Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. The jazz session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is also available for free anytime you want it at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. My guest today is drummer Kobe Watkins. He's been playing a lot recently with Sonny Rollins, and he's got his own album out now called Involved. It opens this way with a track called Spastic. <laughs> My guest is Kobe Watkins. Uh, he plays drums with folks like Sonny Rollins, uh, Kurt Elling, Bobby Broom, and many others, and he's got a debut record on the Origin Records label called Involved, and it's my pleasure to welcome him to the show. Kobe, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jason, for having me. I appreciate being uh, one of the artists on your show. It's been pretty cool. I've been checking out some of the other artists, and it's nice to be one of the artists now. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's great to have you. Uh, this is your debut record, and obviously you've been playing in some, some pretty heavy company uh, in recent years, but I wonder when it's your own name that's going to be on the front of the record, can you talk about whether there was a, a particular goal you had in mind for this album, something you wanted to showcase, or a particular sound you were trying to get out of it, uh, given that it was your, your kind of opening statement as a leader on record? Sure. Well, first, my first thought was that I need to archive where I am in my life. I knew I was playing with a lot of different people, and that stuff was being some some of them, some of the artists that I was playing with was being recorded, and some of them not. It's you know, 
back and forth. Um, but for myself, I needed a personal um, uh, point of reference for where I was at that stage and age in my life, some archival piece to say, okay, this is what I sound like then and this is what where my head was then. And uh, so the actual product didn't completely have a story, uh, you know, something where it's just like this piece is going to be followed by this piece and, you know, it, whereas this, this intense suite of music, it was based on uh, tunes that I wrote, tunes that I uh, uh, enjoyed um, over, I guess, because I had been actually planning to do this. So there was an actual plan and goal in mind to do. So it was, uh, it, I, I thought about the music and I thought about, well, these are, these are things that I was writing already, uh, expressions and um I asked a couple of the guys on there to um, write, and I played with a couple of the guys who had wrote great tunes, and I said, man, I want to use that tune. I want to play that tune on my album. So, And, and this was most of the time when this, this was happening, where I wanted the tune or where I was writing the tune, I was completely involved and that's where it came that's where the title came from and that's where I was just like okay that's that makes sense you know so that was the that was the one thing that came um, into play throughout I guess that made the album woven was the fact that I was involved with each tune and can you talk about some of the people that uh, you've surrounded yourself with on this record sure oh let's start with uh Oh man, Bobby Broom. I've been playing with him since uh, about 2001. Um, a great mentor, a great um, friend, and just really a great source of uh, how I'm listening to some of the music now and the maturity in which I'm playing at now. I attribute a lot of that to the uh, playing with Bobby, and so uh, you got uh, him. Then you have uh, Ron Perillo and Dennis Carroll. Also, who I've come up with around the same time, who was very instrumental in how they, uh, how we approach, how they approached the music, and how they drew me into how they wanted uh, the music that they played, and how jazz, the way that the jazz was played with them, and how it's to be felt, and how it's to be respond, uh, attended to, attentive to, and uh, responded to. Let's see. I mean, you got those guys, and then um, you have uh, people. You got the bass players. You got uh, the other bass players. Should I say Josh and, and and Clark, who I just had a lot of fun playing with. Then I had just really good friends over the past years in general: Gerard Harris and James Austin and um, Ferez, and uh, not to forget uh, Jeff. Uh, He's an amazing saxophone player. So just I wanted I wanted their sound. I wanted their instrument to be heard, and I I enjoy being able to play with those guys. So that's why I I, I chose those guys, and it was a really easy choice for me too. So it was, it was fun, and and they made the recording session pretty fun as well. Thank you. 
I would say there are not more than a handful of musicians uh, on the planet right now with the stature of somebody like Sonny Rollins, w- with whom you're playing regularly. And so, you know, I wanted to ask you, first of all, how that connection came about, if it came through Bobby, which seems logical. And then second, can you just talk about what the experience has been like uh, playing with, with one of the, the living masters of the, the music? Well, man, Jason, the, yes, the logical aspect of it is, yes, Bobby... <laughs> Uh, suggested uh, to Sonny. Uh, Sonny was looking for a drummer. This is the story I heard. Sonny was looking for a drummer in search of a drummer um, after Steve Jordan and he used a couple other guys and uh, he was using a couple of guys at the time and Bobby suggested him uh, suggested that I go and audition and I was in New York at the time at the IAJE. This was 2006 February I went and I, I just went and met him first because he had a clinic he was doing. He was just talking, just probably 500 people in that that room. And so um, after that, we met and I, you know, and then he said, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And, you know, the next day was the actual uh, audition. And Jason had never done a jazz audition structured, a formal jazz audition because you know we normally don't do that they hear you you know they can't at least i've never heard of it so most of the time what i what what i was exposed to with jazz was they hear you at the gig they hear you at a, at a jam session they pick you up you come in you do some rehearsals they know what they know what they like about you you're in the band this is where this is the way i've been you know brought through the jazz the circles in chicago and so, going to a formal audition, I was just like, okay, there's a little pressure. I was a little, you know, had a little pressure there going, but I, I got it, got in there an hour early. I sat down and I ate, and I, I just relaxed for a minute. Then they came in, I set my stuff up. Bob Cranshaw was there, Clifton Anderson was there, and uh, and Sonny was there. So, we started off with a tune. He said, man, we're just going to play something. We're going to start in two, and then we're going to go to four you know, back and forth in the actual melody. And then we just, once we started actually playing, it was like, I was playing, it was just, it was just like a jam session or just like, you know, my my colleagues, my peers. It was just like, this is what I know and this is what I have to offer. And it was, from that point on, there was no pressure really until we stopped playing <laughs> there. And then maybe at the Calypso, I wasn't, I wasn't super sure about his Calypso style. And so that, that particular uh, tune there, whatever we played in the Calypso groove, that didn't work so well, but, you know, um, he liked me, Bob Cranshaw loved me, and I think that was one of the, the, the my points of interest was Bob's uh, love for the feel, my feel that I had, and Sonny liked the feel that I brought to the uh, ensemble, and so um, that's, that, that was part of me coming into it, and then just, you know, after that, playing with him, from uh, that was 2006 so I did a couple gigs in 2006 in November and then 
2007, I did a few things, and then 2008, I became steady up till now. You know, I've been playing with them, you know, regularly, and it's it's been, um, man, so, okay, where, where do I start? Because there's so many, um, there's like an emotional roller coaster. Some days you think you got it, and some days you think you, you're, you're just like struggling. Uh, some concerts you go in and you're like, oh, I did a poor job. And he's like, no, man, I, you know, the concert was cool. There's a couple occasions where it was just like, man, I, I, I felt like it was the worst. And he was like, no, it was, it was great. You know, he was like, I'll give the band an A. I was like, well, I'll take the A minus. <laughs> because <it> was, <laughs> I felt like I did such a poor job. And so, um, just, just playing with Sonny and just, one, um, I, because it's funny you asked this question. I was thinking about if you were going to ask this question. Actually, playing with coming into playing with Sunny, I was just freshly listening to more of the modern guys. So I was still listening to uh, Bradford Marcellus. I was still listening. You know, not that I don't now, but I was listening intently, and and that was like my main thing. I was listening to more of the guys that I that was coming up. You know, I'm ninety eight, ninety nine. You know, two thousand. I'm listening to a lot of Branford. I'm listening to a lot of Kenny Garrett. I'm listening to, you know, um, some, I was playing with George Coleman, so I'm listening to him. I'm listening to, you know, Cannonball Adderley. So I really hadn't put my put my um, ear to the grind with Sonny's music. So I knew of it, but I didn't do, I didn't do like I was supposed to. So, and really study and really find out where I just was talking to Branford just recently. And I was just like, man, I didn't know how much you uh, had, you know, got from Sonny and your sound and in your approach. And, you know, when Bradford, he redid the Freedom Suite, I, and I, then I, I went back and I listened to the Freedom Suite. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, this is like exact. this is Sonny. This is all of Sonny's stuff. So I'm talking to Bradford like, man, I didn't study like I should have, you know, going into Sonny's gig, you know, and so... When I got to the gig, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was prepared enough with Sonny, you know, because I was still listening to the modern guys, and so I thought there was a, supposed to be this, you know, way that Sonny, Sonny was going to play just, you know, just as much stuff that the modern guys, but Sonny is playing that, that stuff, but he's playing it classically. He's a classic player. He's playing melody. He's playing motivic lines, and 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 he's he's playing linearly, but he's also playing uh, horizontally. And like, if you hear when you when you sit, I'm sitting behind the drum set and I'm listening to it, so I'm hearing this chord structure, and I'm hearing this line, and I'm hearing this these 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 this improvisation, and it changes it. Literally, like I didn't think I would be the one to say it, but it literally changes every night that you play with Sonny. It's like, man, he's not playing the same stuff every night. That's not. That's not even, you know, because he'll he'll break out and he'll play something like in a sound check from like one of the albums you heard. Like that was a like one of the first thing he he played something. We played St. Thomas, and he played like a couple of bars of his same solo. I was like, oh, my goodness. He's, you know, 70, 
77 or 7, yeah, 77 at that point. And he's playing like that same, like a couple of the lines from that same song. I'm like, holy cow, this is unbelievable <laughs> that he can go back like that, <laughs> pull up that, and then just kill and go go somewhere, you know, go totally someplace else. So, um, yeah, I was unprepared, but, you know, after, you know, dealing with it, not that I'm prepared now, but I, I feel like I'm getting my, my ear better in tune than where it was. So I'm doing a lot more listening. I'm doing a lot more homework. And, I'm, you know, he played something yesterday in, in, in uh, rehearsal. And I was like, oh, okay, I remember that song because I heard it on one of his albums. I, you know, I still go back. I have to. So it's, man, it's, it's a challenge, but it's fun, and it's, it's knowledge that I'm taking back and I'll have and you know you you get some of his uh his uh personas you you know adapt some of those things and it's like for me it seems like uh, I adapt to uh, I adapt a lot of or I assume a lot of you know a little small bit of uh each of the leaders personas a little bit you know I I take that on for my you know to myself and I you know try to use it um, their charisma or their um, their ability to um, talk about the music and you know convey the music in a certain way. So I try to take that from each of the leaders and, and make make something of it. Hopefully, a fusion that'll you know that'll be helpful for me later on in my career. You know, there's like Art Blakey. He, he took away so many different people, uh, the personas from different uh, people that he played with over the years, and he was just, I was just watching him on a DVD, and he's just, his 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 character on, uh, on stage was just amazing, just having fun, but yet, you know, very serious about the music. Kobe, that there are some ways in which not being uh, prepared, not being steeped in Sonny's music, and also having a background, you know, in, in gospel and things outside of jazz. Do you think there are ways in which that actually uh, kind of helped you uh, to bring a different approach to Sonny's music, so that it wasn't—I mean, not, not having done all that homework wasn't wasn't only a negative. Do you think that there are ways in which it was a positive too? 
Oh, definitely a positive in in, in respect to it, it. It didn't. I didn't get burned out. I'm not burned out with jazz. I'm not burned out with the style of the music. I'm not burned out with the old tunes, which are new to me. I'm not burned out with the discipline. You know that I have to deal with. Like you know, if they're, if if something's not right and someone says, "Hey, that's not right," I'm not. I'm not too big or too, you know, uh, I don't have an ego to where I can't move and change and, uh, you know, make that uh, uh, adjustment in the music. So that that for me has been, yeah, absolutely a plus, not knowing exactly what to play and how to play coming into this music. Because that's, yeah, that is super cool. It's funny you said that because it's, man, if you... Like in gospel now, you know, there's a lot of fusion more than in the drum set chair now more than there was when I was coming up. I mean, there was some fusion, but like fusion in the sense of how they planned their approach. The, the Dave Wacko, the Dave Caliuta, the, the uh, Will Kennedy, you know, sound. That's what's coming out of the drum set chair now in church. So, like, that for me is not completely musical all the time, especially with gospel music. I don't think it, you know, it fares well all the time. Great drummers, don't get me wrong. It's coming from a drum drummer to another drummer, great drummers. I just don't think that that fares well all the time with the music. So that would have gotten a little belaboring for me to just have to come and, and kind of play that same. I Actually, I did get tired of it when I was a kid. I was just like, man, it, it never goes anywhere. I didn't feel like it went anywhere. And I didn't feel like I had enough uh, improvisational. Um, they didn't give me enough space <laughs> to, to kind of change up when I wanted to change up. You know, it's always kind of you know locked and blocked the way they wanted to you know to go with the music. You know, so I like that. Where as jazz, it kind of you know it flows really well. You know. But, um, I mean, the groove definitely has to stay constant, whether it's a swing groove or calypso or, you know, a, a, a semi-quasi-funk groove or whatever. It has to stay the same. But you have you have a little room. You have a little room to, to do uh, some things. And it, that, that was the cool thing about coming into jazz and not knowing everything and not knowing all the songs. It was a new discipline. I like hard discipline also because it... It challenges me. If it's not challenging, then I'm I'm bored. <laughs> well, I got to say, for uh, you know, for a guy who uh, is talking about how much he has to learn, your your resume is uh, is certainly coming out all right with uh, with all the people that uh, you know you've been able to play with. So uh, my guess is that as much as you may have to learn, there's quite a bit in your toolkit already because uh, I don't think all these people would be calling on you if uh, if there wasn't something there. And I think that's really in evidence. Um, on the record too, which I really encourage people to check out. Uh, it's called Involved. It's on Origin Records, and my guest is Kobe Watkins. And uh, if Sonny Rollins comes to your town, you'll probably uh, see Kobe there, uh, and uh, definitely in and around the Chicago uh, area as well. Thanks so much, man. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, hear your thoughts on the music, and uh, I hope we'll talk again uh, when the next record comes out. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me, and who's ever listening, I appreciate you listening to the whole whole session and. Um, uh, good luck to you guys out there listening, and, and appreciate all the guys that I've uh, done gigs with, and, and and they've inspired me, and all of my mentors. I really appreciate that. So it's led me to this point now where I'm 
on this podcast, you know, on jazz sessions with you, Jason. So I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. My pleasure, man. Uh, take care and uh, safe travels out there. drummer Kobe Watkins from his debut CD Involved on the Origin Records label. I'm Jason Crane. You've been listening to The Jazz Session. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free anytime you want it at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the opening and closing music. They are playing at Le Poisson Rouge on January 12th. I'll be there. I hope you will be, too. You can find out more at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the Jazz Sessions logo. Please support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.